Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? I'm the producer. My name is Matt Duncan. And Freddie, you really went with it for with that Kyle Lowry. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen next week. So hopefully, it's not your last one. And, you know, hopefully, he's, you know, he doesn't get traded somewhere. And you have to have that, you know, that Matt Sundin feeling of him coming back. And then he just starts dunking. Like he runs up and beads back or something. It's just... <laughs> That's his move where he dunks uh, like 10 times a game. <laughs> cheers to you for, 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 for figuring out a way to incorporate number 13. Matt Sundin. Um, you know what? Him and Kyle probably uh, both spent a lot of time in, you know, Forest Hill, Northdale. Absolutely. So cheers to them. Um, <laughs> both underappreciated Toronto legends. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, uh, sorry, I don't, I don't even know where you were going. What, oh, just saying saying? how, uh, you know, like this could be our last episode yes. with Kyle and yeah. yes. And, and I did go hard and thank you for appreciating that. And also if I do it, if I get to do it next week, I'm coming in so hot. Oh, <laughs> oh baby. I am. Um, but if not, there'll be a new tagline. So, yeah. uh, check out, uh, next uh, episode. Hopefully it's a, very animated uh, and spirited Kyle L- L- Lowry. Um, but, you know, we, we got an awesome pod, Matt. We mm-hmm. got you know, Sean Woodley from the Lockdown Network. Yeah, we got huge. Alex Wood, a uh, hilarious comedian. He's coming out with a book. Mm-hmm. Um, he has an intimate exchange with uh, Nick Nurse, which he talks about in the pod. Uh, but before we get to that, you know, if people want to help us, yeah, you know, make us like Rogan style rich, Ooh. or just like sustain us a bit, you know, what are like yeah. some big, small, and medium ways they can do that? Uh, you're going to want to invest in magic mushrooms. Apparently, that is the key key to life, Mister Rogan. Yep. Um, no, you want to go to our links. You want to go to our Twitter and our Instagram. We've got our link trees there for everything. But also, if you just like to go to the old fashioned dunkspodcast dot com. We have everything there as well. As well, you can as well you can listen to our episodes, and uh, there's the Sonar Network. That is the network we're on. We're the number one sports podcast of the Sonar Network, Woo. and uh, you can check us out there. There's like new podcasts all the time, bunch of different flavors. You know, just like it's like coming into an ice cream parlor and you're seeing like sixty tubs of different flavors. That's the Sonar Network, and ours is uh, like a, a mint uh, peanut butter. Would say very ours is very specific yeah. <laughs> so yes please uh click our links go to our patreon uh if you can please uh support us and if you can't afford stuff then just a simple subscribe like and rating works too yeah you know give us a review all, all that little stuff is, yeah. is huge yeah um 
Maddie, you, you you hit it home as you always do with the link and the link tree stuff. Link tree, everyone's got the Honestly, link tree. You got it. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, you know, I think I I think I want to get going on this pod. Um, Fair. But before we do, uh, I'll, I'll I'll just say um, stop Asian hate, uh, Black Lives Matter, defund the police, and email your city councilors. Uh, I got the order of that a little bit wrong because I was just going to say um, uh, R.I.P. to Elgin Baylor, basketball uh, legend. legend. Uh, definitely, you know, make sure you, you check him out if you're not familiar. Uh, you know, what the hell? NCAA, I'll call them out a little bit for the the different uh, treatment that the men are receiving uh, and the women are receiving. It's kind of like deplorable and not, I don't want to say in this day and age, but it's like, mm-hmm. come on, let's just, that just needs to be a, a, not a reality. No. Um, right now. And uh, Matt, was, was I going to say something else? I think I was. I think you hit everything. Did I hit uh, everything? Yeah. Well, right on. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think let's uh, let's jump right into this podcast then. Uh, Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please, good sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. Uh, sweet. Okay, let's uh, let's get going here on. Um, what I imagine is going to be a you know a, a very interesting podcast. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, it's not too sad. But you know what? Maybe, maybe it will be. We'll see. Um, I think this is his third time doing the pod. Uh, I'm super excited to have him back. His podcast is one of my very favorite po- podcasts in the whole world. Uh, Locked on Raptors. Uh, he also does a podcast with a friend of our pod, Katie Heindel, uh, of basketball. So make sure to check that out. Also check out all his writing. And just follow him in general. He's a he's a great tweet uh, and uh, an awesome person. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Sean Woodley. <laughs> Yo, buddy. Uh, yeah, the video thing has me thrown off. It's, uh, I have to do something now and present myself in some, some kind of way. What's going on, man? Um, not much is going on. You're, you're presenting perfectly. Uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, everything checks out. Outstanding. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, thanks for coming back. Um, of course. One of my favorite podcasts to do. It's one of the only people, one of, only, one of the only podcasts that invites me on, but cheers. it's still one of my favorites. I love hey. it. It's great. <laughs> Those two work together, you know, like getting invited, <laughs> enjoying the pod. Like, you know, that's, that's a part of the game. Um, we'll see, you know, I th- I feel like you basically have a tagline at this point, like, like things are going to be fine. Uh, mm. You officially tweeted things are not fine. I mm. saw K- Katie react to it. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited for this version of Sean. Um, but uh, yeah, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, he's hilarious stand up. Uh, he's written for Vice. He's written for a bunch of stuff. Uh, also a huge, you know, uh, friend of the pod. I think he's done it a, a handful of times, maybe five, six, who knows? Um, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Alex Wood. Hey, pal. <laughs> Most I can muster right now, you know. <laughs> You're presenting okay, too, okay? I'm presenting okay. I feel like I'm like a lady wearing her wedding dress after he left right now. <laughs> 
honestly. Um, it's dark. Last night was dark. That right. fits. Uh, also, I don't think, um, you know, uh, for any wrestling fans out there, uh, Alex, I know you're a big wrestling fan. I don't know if Paul Bear had uh, an entrance song, but whatever your song is, sounds like what I imagine Paul Bear would walk out to. I guess he just <laughs> he strolls out to the Undertaker's music, I'm sure. He, Undertaker's and Kane's, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I love how he's like, Honestly, they're brothers. This all works for me. I'm a Paul Bear. Um, okay, enough Paul Bear content. Let's uh, <laughs> get straight to, to Raptors talk. Uh, Maddie, I know you're there. I trust you're there. Please, good sir, give me your most delicious Raptors sting. Let's remember the good times. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, let's go to you first, uh, Alex. Um, yeah, I mean, ouch, uh, this is a rough time for, I think all types of Raptor fans. Um, maybe, you know, the, the nihilists and the folks who kind of like enjoy transaction the most, maybe they're actually enjoying this or maybe they've gotten a reality that they thought they wanted and and don't actually want regardless this is a stressful time to be a raptors fan nine losses in a row we're back to like ben uzo got a triple double coin flip territory uh wanting harrison barnes and getting terrence ross which honestly turned out all right yeah that worked that was good that was yeah. obje- objective good yeah that was it was a good thing um but back but, to the time when we were like, Terrence Ross will guide us to the promised land. He yeah. did way guide the Raptors to the promised land just yeah, via he, a trade for another fan favorite. It's true. Did some good stuff. Totally. He was, you know, he was part of the, he was part of the like conveyor belts of, of things that happened. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the Sharks are circling. The uh, Thursday's the deadline. Uh, the Raptors seem to be like the hottest trade team because of Kyle and because of Norm. Um, yeah, I'm just asking, you know, you're a hardcore Raptors fan. You've been a hardcore Raptors fan for a long time. What is your message right now to, to Raptors fans? I would say primarily... There's, there's a lot of benefits to going back to the way things were. That's the positive. As soon as uh, I saw, like, as soon as I realized the Rockets are going to win this game, all I could think about was Sunday next year, walking to the court without tickets and $40 in my pocket and knowing I'm going to get in. <laughs> like, back to, like, it's less than the cost of the movie. I saw... In, like, 2017, I think it was, uh, Raps versus Celtics for the lead in the division, like, three-quarters of the way through the season. It was an incredible game, $35. And it was center court 300s. So I try – that's my message for, like, you know, hardcore Raptors fans is, like, this is – this isn't like new territory for us. This isn't, <laughs> is this, are we, I'm sorry. Like, is this the 1990, 1989 Celtics now dealing with, Oh, we are mere mortals. No, this is the way it was for a long time. We're still going to be really competitive. We have Webster locked up. There's good things moving forward. Even if this like core three 
can't be what we want it to be. They're going to be great trade assets. Uh, I am super scared though. And I'm super sad as well. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not like, I'm just saying we can't like get all, it's not going to, it's not going to be worse. This is still a good regime, a good organization. We have too many good structural things now that we've never had before. We're not going to go back to the before times, you know? Honestly, very well said. Um, I think hardcore is definitely, well, you know, can, can sympathize like, uh, you know, why I first became a season seat holder and the, you know, there's about a million times where you basically, you just count the empty seats uh, in the one hundreds and you walk on down. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw a lot of Bobcats games uh, with, with uh, crash Wallace, uh, you know, way closer than I should have. And uh grew to fall in love and appreciate the Raptors. Uh, I hope, you know, the Raptors don't go the way of like the Toronto housing market. And I'm hoping it's not just like, there's so much money here. It doesn't matter anymore. But I I do think, you know, you you got some good points and also like just appreciating what we, like hardcores were able to appreciate this run and how amazing it was. And, and we do have good structural things in place. Like, you know, I think a lot of the people who were, you know, even hanging on for like, hey, this team is like, there's something here. This Cleveland and Houston back to back was a big, like, just one, two of like, I guess the point I'm trying to add to what you're saying is also teams get unlucky sometimes. You know, the Wizards have a season ending injury for John Wall or, or what have you. Like, sometimes bad things happen to good teams. Uh, that sounds like an excuse making exercise, but um, that's just kind of, you know, to your point about structure. Yeah. Sean, um, you know, same yeah. question, same kind of swirling everything. What's your message to Raptors fans? Yeah, it's kind of similar. I mean, I mean, I think you could actually say that there's a very good chance that this week could be the worst it gets. And it, it will only be up from here because, it might coincide with getting Kyle Lowry traded, which will suck. And I will cry and be very sad for a very long time. Me but too. like there is stuff in place. And I think even if they don't trade anybody and they just bring everybody back, they could be a 51 team again next year with this roster, plus a first round pick, plus some other tinkering on the, on the fringes. Like this season means nothing. This is a fake pandemic season. Nothing that is happening. The Utah jazz are in first place and looking legitimate. <laughs> Like, this is a fake-ass season where nothing matters. And I just don't think anything that's gone on with the Raptors this year is indicative of something bad, sort of rotten in the core of the franchise. I mean, yeah, Pascal might have screamed at Nick Nurse, and there may have been a fight. I'm not sure. Maybe Mm -hmm. Shams got played. I don't know. But I I just, you know, at least the Raptors have Pascal Siakam being a malcontent and not Hito Turgaloo. Like, that is what it used to be. It's not that now. And even if they move on from Lowry and Norm, you've got the three guys locked in. You'll presumably have some stuff to add, uh, you know, you, you know, Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Thibel, whatever it might be, some rotation players to throw in. Then you're going to have your own first round pick and you might have some other teams first round pick. And this is a really good freaking draft. And you could get, in theory, a couple of good players to add to the mix next year. They're going to be good. I, I I kind of still think I would just, you know, let the deadline pass and not do much and try to bring back Norman Kyle and just run it back because I am in a coward with attachment issues, uh, I guess. <laughs> but also I think like there's a very legitimate case to make that you can still follow the exact blueprint that the Raptors 
have followed for the last decade, which is be good, be relevant until you can take an opportunity to strike and become great and become a title contender, which they did. It's all right there for them. And, you know, Alex mentioned that, you know, having those contracts on the books, you see Occam, Fred, OG, even if you think that core is not title worthy, which I don't think it probably is like one of those guys can be used as a vehicle to get a superstar in some trade down the line. So yeah, this could be as bad as it's get as it gets for a while. Like the next five years could, this could be sort of viewed as like the pre Rudy gay trade moment of the next era of, of Raptors basketball. Like it really, it should not last longer than this year. This fake season that we can remove from our memories forever after this is over. Wipe it for like we can after Terrence Davis is gone, we can start calling this season redacted and repurpose the name. Uh, it, it just it's not that bad. It sucks right now. It sucks watching them lose. And honestly, I just feel really bad for the dudes on the team because yeah. they seem entirely done with this shit, which I don't know how you can blame them. It seems terrible. Living in Tampa Bay for a year sounds like maybe the worst thing that could possibly happen to anybody. And they all have to do it and also travel around and play basketball amid a, a pandemic that a lot of them have been affected by by catching the freaking virus. So totally. even if they are just going to say this is a lost season, like screw it, we'll pack it in. Like they could easily turn it around and go on another run of seven straight years of making the playoffs because the Raptors are not some clown franchise anymore. Maurizio Garardini is not the shadow GM. Like they're going to be fine. They're going to figure it out. And the guys they have in place at least give like a floor for some competence, even if they maybe move on from Lowry and Norm, which, you know, again, I, I, I'm a little bit torn on Norm. Lowry, I think they should hang on to and see what they can do with them next year. But uh, I, either way, whatever happens, things should turn around pretty quickly here. Yeah, I think like, you know, they're, to, to your point about things turning around, this should be a low point uh, of health, of kind of like chemistry, you know, the I vibes, guess, vibes. Yeah. Like I guess the bottom can always fall out more um, is something we've learned this season. And, you know, the roller coaster ride kind of doesn't seem to end. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to quote my mom, which I haven't done many times on this podcast. Uh, the most notable quote is when we traded DeRozan, she called me in the morning and she said, Freddie, my stomach hurts. I feel sick <laughs> that we traded DeRozan. Who is this guy that doesn't want to play for us? And I was like, mom, this is really confusing, but he's so amazing. It makes sense. So she talked to me this morning and she said, I don't think people realize if we trade Kyle, everything's going to fall apart. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, she's not coming from like all the analytics. She's coming from like, Pascal and Fred, you know, maybe Fred is inherited some of that Kyle stuff, but it's like, I don't, I, I, this whole time, I don't think people realize how fragile culture is and how fragile it is with a small or media market or whatever this, you know, Canadian asterisk market is like, it's, it's, it's a fragile, fragile balance. And let's actually just kind of move right on because because you brought it up, uh, Sean, and, and we'll stick with you. Like, so first, let's just do, you know, Shams reported that uh, that that Siakam, you know, I guess lost it on nurse in the dressing room and was fined for for 50K, which is was a pretty massive fine, like I assume by the team. And then so now there's another tweet that's out uh, that's kind of saying, hold the presses, the team media rep 
is saying that in fact is not true. Uh, I don't know if they're elaborating or clarifying. Yeah, Grange tweeted out just before uh, we came on, I think, that there there was something that happened, but they're looking into it. There has been no fine, and there's no indication that there will be a fine, but something happened between Siakam and Nurse and Seams. Yeah, so I I, I guess the question still makes sense, but I don't want to drift too hard into like wild speculation. because I think it's been a tumultuous season for a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. But with the benching of Siakam previously, um, with, in my opinion, not always the best use of Siakam, uh, particularly on offense. And I think with the kind of punishing defense, again, I might be reading into all this too much, but, you know, in, in Nurse's press conference, when he's talking about, you know, Fred's such a competitor, you just can't keep Fred off the floor, all this kind of stuff. It's like, a part of me is like, if I'm Pascal and I just had, and I just, I'm healing from COVID and I'm mm-hmm. hearing this, I'm furious. Mm. I'm absolutely furious because I work so hard and maybe, yeah, I guess Fred works harder, but I don't know. Part of Pascal's whole reputation is that he puts in like, you know, he's like Neo learning the matrix, right? Like you just kind of keep plugging in new skills to him. And I don't know. I feel like maybe nurse isn't protecting his guy enough. I don't know. I think that's might be I'm reading into this way too much, but something's up, I guess. I guess it's what we're doing is speculating. So, so Sean, please speculate or or not, you know? (laughs) I mean, I think it's always tough because you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We only see the fines and we see the press conferences. We don't see the conversations that happen in the back room. So I always have a little bit of a hard time trying to like guess what's going on within the team. Yeah, obviously, like, Pascal's frustrated. I get it. Nurse is frustrated. Like, everyone's pissed off and mad and angry and tampered out, I think. Uh, honestly. I, <laughs> tampered blame, out. Again, blame Tampa for everything. Blame it for the growing rift between Siakam and Nurse. Blame it for the bad record. Blame it for Kyle Lowry maybe wanting to go to Miami because he's gotten a taste for Florida and likes it for some reason. I don't know. Like, there's... Uh, there's, there's just a lot going on that winning would cover over pretty comfortably. And you see this all the time when teams win, that stuff gets put down the Raptors when they had Kawhi, you know, there was all these sort of hints to, Oh yeah, there was some stuff that happened, but we kind of kept that shit in house and won a title and it was fine. And they could do that because they're winning a title. Had they yeah. lost in the first round, I'm sure some stuff would have come out and people would have been pissed off. And the fact that they've lost nine in a row, the fact that, nurse's defense seems to maybe not work when he doesn't have eight of the best defenders alive on the team. Like, you know, it's, it's a little bit understandable. I'd be a little bit sort of concerned if Pascal wasn't pissed off after getting benched on Sunday against the Cavs. I didn't agree with him getting benched. He was fine. I don't think Stanley Johnson was doing too much out there. Yeah. That was curious. Not playing Pascal. Yeah, I'd be pissed if I was benched for Stanley Johnson, too, I guess is the way I'd put it. Damn right. Like, yeah. Yeah, whether there's a rift, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see how things you know transpire here. But like Kyle Lowry was, was always sort of deemed this sort of you know miscreant who would yell at coaches, and then things turned out just fine with him and Dwayne Casey and him and Nick Nurse. So mm-hmm. this stuff will figure itself out. I don't think there's like some sort of growing you know, pattern or concern that Siakam is some sort of malcontent who's not going to fit in with the team culture. He's very clearly a Raptors dude who's come up and, you know, been part of the the Raptors program and all that. And he's under contract for three more years beyond this one. So you don't really have to worry about it right now. I'm sure whatever the issue is, will get papered over. And if they start winning again next year, then we won't talk about this at all. But if not, then yeah, we'll probably have to revisit it and it might become more of a concern. 
Yeah, you know, w- winning covers so much, and I think that's that's a key point here. And I think everyone's a little exposed. You know, even watching the press conferences, like I feel like. Yeah, our bench has been rough, but it, it seemed like, you know, every reporter is like, okay, Fred, Kyle, can you just tell me who you think's worse? Utah? <laughs> you know what I mean? Utah, Stanley Giant. It's like, okay. They're like, yeah, yeah, our bench sucks. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. We're losing, you know, and I think, I think there's like, it's almost like there's this just quest for unanswerable questions when you lose. Where it's like, okay, we 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 know you missed a bunch of shots, but but why? And it's just like it keeps going. And I think that's part of what's like breaking up the team. And yeah, to your point, like winning is just like I don't know. A lot of it is like who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Alex, where are you at? Like, you know, I don't want to. Again, this question's a bit not me as far as like, is there a riff? Is there a chasm? <laughs> you know, so I don't want to push that too hard and shams i also want to jump on the fact that like this seems to be his second inaccurate report um via the raptors or at least at least fred and and the coaching staff contested the the -hmm. the blaming of the coaches which is a problematic thing anyways um as far as uh you know this this virus which has become a pandemic because it's so hard to detect so i don't think we should you know slam anyone too hard when we really don't know but uh yeah so it seems like sham has made shams has maybe been uh incorrect or slightly incorrect twice as it pertains to the raptors uh sorry i'm just throwing that in for you as well alex uh well i will basically what i think is obviously the losing right i mean we all know that's it and then coupling that with tampa obviously Again, like losing and losing in Tampa, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, and when you only have IHOP and empty pools full of machete wielding meth heads to comfort you. That's uh, that, that's that's a problem. <laughs> some would some would say if you're living in Tampa, you're already losing. So <laughs> they're losing like at the same time twice. That's got to be tough. I can't imagine that. That's like they're they're pulling a Deion Sanders, except getting their ass kicked. Uh, but I would say, honestly, look, I'm just trying to put myself in Pascal's shoes. And I think uh, Sean's point about Nurse's defense maybe being a little bit exposed, you know, the, the, the genius we all celebrated, the, 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 the frantic energy, the nonstop movement, everything's – it's a good point. And, I mean, yeah. how can you not make a defense work when – tell me if I'm wrong, but – Outside of, like, not this year, but tell me if any one of these three guys doesn't have potential to make an all-NBA defensive team. Siakam, OG, Fred. All three of those guys. How can you have three of your starters making, or at least potential-wise, when we know that? Look at what OG, we were flashing those stats in the beginning of this year, him guarding KD, him guarding LeBron. So you have, um, not an eraser, but, like, like a, a near lockdown guy that you could put on superstars mm-hmm. and trust to like rub them out 
how can you not i would say that differently if i could but how, how can you <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. No, keep it the same you, and worked with the eraser bit and then it kept going and i was like cheers alex yeah. um so it's an interesting way to guard the new defense from nick <laughs> <laughs> uh we switch everything and then we touch everything what no go uh so i would say like all the Point being, and also, like, the way Serge leaving, do you know what I mean? Not even just on the friendship level on, and you look at Nick as even if it wasn't his fault, that that is a guy who's on the side of the people that made that decision because it's come out that Serge was like, I would have stayed. I would have stayed for a cheap, I was going to take the hometown discount. It just offended me that they were like, Mark's our guy. And then the way Mark's looked this year and the way he looked last year in the playoffs, point being, I'm on Pascal's side. I can see why he was so frustrated. I can see why it would just boil over. I love Nick. I caught a ball he threw once. We're always going to have that connection. I'm always going to love him for that. But the guy is the worst coach in the NBA at getting the refs to do anything. (laughs) Even listen to him. You can see them not listening to him. They, they, he's tuned out already. I think he thought he was pop after that title and the whole league was like, we're not ready f- for you to be pop yet. You can't just, I don't know. I'm on. Yeah. Like I'm getting angry thinking about it. So yeah, I can hey. see this. Is I hope I'm glad Pascal should be able to vent at, at, at uh, the coach. This is, this is normal. If, if, if this team is as good and tight as they, as we all think they are, this is going to be something that's just like laughed about it. That's I, I do think you both kind of like touched on the fact that part of this is normal in like, you know, a very charged up atmosphere and people have high expectations, big contracts. Like, you know, Kyle called his own timeout the other day and told nurse to stand out of it. So, I mean, like that's obviously very different than what Pascal did, but yeah, like I think leaders of a team or, you know, the big player, kind of does yeah you know i mean and and you know also to sean's point like there there's been stuff with surge where surge has been like suspended mm-hmm. and so like yeah i think very very hyper competitive and athletic people um uh, don't take losing well and um it can get can get a little bit toxic but um Alex, let me, you know, I think we're all kind of leading to this. Uh, I guess we can check Twitter uh, at some point during this pod because who knows how long uh, it will be relevant. Uh, (laughs) This isn't about what you want. I I, I want you to tell me what you think is going to happen. Um, So just a very short kind of give me a short answer on like what the Raptors do. this this free agency or sorry this um uh free agency trade deadline Alex. i think they're gonna do something dramatic uh and i don't mean like just necessarily like norm kyle dramatic i i really do think they're gonna make a big move because if you think about it there's no deal out there for norm or kyle that isn't what we need no one's going to come back that can help us next year. And like, it's, I, I, I just see it being like a weird hedge. Like it's just a continuation of this awful season. If you just trade Norm for Harris and a pick, like it's like, okay, what that, 
or Dario Saric. It, uh, we have Dario Saric next year. I, and, and Dario Saric and Aaron Baines, and we're like, sick, let's go. What is this just any deal that's just getting like a second or a late first or with one of those guys? It's just let let me sense. just say we love those Phoenix backup centers. That's our <laughs> yeah. It seems to be uh, a very like 2K way that we're building the team now. Like, oh, they keep giving us. Um, I don't know. Like, I really think I really think something big's coming. I could see. I think both of them are gone. I think both Kyle and Norm are gone and I could see another piece moving. And then I think Baines is gone. Like this is going to be very, it's going to be everybody, but those three or like, it's hard to figure right now without it being one of those three leaving. Do you know what I'm saying? Like any of the deals I've seen floated out there that makes sense. I'm like, we're a worse team next year that can't really improve in the off season. If we make the, it doesn't make any sense to me either. They got to tear it down or make a dramatic move that somehow like we could like, uh, you know, and, and like the, the nuggets deal for, uh, Porter, I guess like something like that. I don't know anything else that could possibly work. Or that um, they would do, yeah. yeah. I think, I think it's fair at this point, you know, to think that something big could happen. Uh, I've been pretty much on the side of like, you know, Masai, uh, and Bobby, like, I don't want to say they've taken their whole playbook from, from the Spurs, but it does seem like they prescribe to the idea of like evaluation is over is best done over a long period of time. What you don't do is kind of like keep, you know, pulling strings without waiting and seeing how that affects your team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Spurs generally don't trade during the season. I think Masai obviously has done that, you know, with Tucker, with the Baca. But I think it's not like it's, it's not like how he likes to roll. Uh, but yeah, I think that's on the table just because there might be so many people calling um, calling the Raptors right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it. And here, my prediction is uh, actually that they do a hedge with Norm, um, and that maybe it's Holmes. Maybe it's a way to acquire Jared Allen, but I think, or I think there's something that Masai and Bobby do that their calculation is like, we can get this guy and we can resign him. And I also think a back deal uh, or a backdoor deal is, is made with Kyle. Um, and, and yeah, I don't think he's traded to Philly or the heat. Uh, I think that they basically say, here's what we're going to offer you in the summer. Is that enough? Uh, and Kyle says, yes. That's that's my prediction, but at this point, it's not really that confident because I'm trying to take off like my optimist lens or my optimist glasses just a bit because we have lost nine games in a row, and the last two were to Cleveland and Houston, so it's bad. It is bad. Uh, so I don't want to be like, oh, we're gonna save it all, but I I just don't think Masai and Bobby like to operate from a position of weakness. Um, it hasn't been how they operate. That's kind of what I'm going on. Uh, Sean, where, where are you at? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> look, the, 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 it's interesting because Larry and Norm are like kind of independent of each other, which makes this really difficult. Like, I don't think just because they trade one, it means they'll trade the other. There's just such wildly different circumstances because Lowry is, you know, the, he's the institution. He's the franchise and trading him is a whole different political thing than trading Norm. 
I think for me, like predictions aside, I think what the Raptors should be sort of having in mind this this week is by the end of the week, they should have an idea of who the fourth guy they're going to pair with that main three is. Whether that's you just bring back Norm and you say, hey, he's our fourth guy. We're going to pay him the 18 to 20 a year it's going to cost. Maybe it's a slight overpay, but we know him. He fits like he's our fourth guy. Let's roll. Or you try to spin Norm into something that you can sign in the offseason to an extension. So I think Rashawn Holmes is a good is a good one. I don't know really if the if the Kings have much interest in Norm, especially with him expiring. But you know he's interesting. I think if the Hawks still want to trade John Collins, there's a trade to be made there. I think one of my favorite fake trades is Boucher and Norm for John Collins and Tony Snell. Probably a pick has to go in from the Raptors side of things. But mm-hmm. you bring in Collins, you get his bird rights, you probably sign him to close to a max. He's been awesome this year, and he fits really nicely with Siakam and OG in your front court long term. That works for me. You know, Lonzo Ball is one who's been thrown out there. He seems to want a lot of money. I'm a little bit trepidatious about that, even though he'd fit really nicely next to Fred as a low-usage guy, great defender, great playmaker, all that stuff. That'd be cool. But other than that, like, it's tough to envision who that fourth guy is going to be. So I'm totally fine if they want to say, all right, you know, the first that we might get from a contender plus a second plus a middling prospect, maybe that doesn't do it for us. But, you know, it's so hard because maybe they have a different valuation of what Norm can be on that contract than, than, than I do or, or than anybody might. Like, it's, it's tough. And I, I understand the argument for maybe Norm is not worth that. Most of his scoring is, is most of his value is tied up in his scoring. And if he's not scoring, he's a not very good defender who doesn't play make. And that is a problem. But I think the scoring fits really nicely with the main three guys just because those three are prone to, you know, half court offensive struggles having a guy who can fill up 25 when you're struggling is kind of a nice thing to have. So I'm kind of torn on that. I, I think my prediction is they will trade them and find something, but I, I don't feel good about it. Cause I don't, the packages are, you know, they're very, there haven't been that many hard packages thrown out the same way there has been for Kyle, where there's basically two packages. There's the Sixers one, which is, you know, some combination of three of two first Tyrese Maxey, and Matisse Thibel, if you can get three of those plus the salary filler of like Danny Green and Mike Scott, I think you have to look at it at least. If if Lowry says, yeah, I want to go there. And yeah. that's the thing. If Lowry says, you know, I'll resign, don't trade me, then you don't trade him. You just keep him. He's that's the key Lowry. point for yeah. me. Sorry. It's all about Kyle in this situation. And there's the report out today out of Miami from Tim Reynolds. He said, you know, he's not really sure how it all happened, but he thinks Lowry will be on the heat next year no matter what whether it's a trade, who knows? To me, that feels like uh, the Heat saying, please uh, try to bring down Kyle's trade market. Yeah. And, like dissuade teams from bidding for him because they know they can't keep him. And if I'm the Sixers, I say, screw that anyway. And I pay the full package because I want to win the Eastern Conference. And with Lowry, Ben Simmons, and Embiid, you can probably do that, even how, with how good the Nets are. So the Heat thing is, is weird. The trade package sucks. I don't want to root for Duncan Robinson's dumb, problematic YouTuber-looking-ass face. I don't want to watch Tyler Hero. I don't want to watch Goran Dragic on the Raptors play out the string for half a season. And their picks, they can't trade their picks right now. They legally don't have a first-round pick they can trade. They can remove protections from a pick to the thunder that they owe, but they can only trade their 2025 first in that case. And that does the Raptors no good. Like they currently need to replenish now for the core. That is not 22. Like Siakam and Fred are 27. Like they, then they have three years left on their deals after this one. They need stuff that can fit around them right away. And a 2025 first doesn't do shit for that. So 
I, I just the, the heat package stinks and I don't really think a trade's going to happen there unless they get crazy and involve like precious Achua and Tyler hero and you know, this, this, and this yeah. it just doesn't feel like there's a workable deal there. Whereas the Sixers certainly I can get talked into it. But again, if Larry says I'll stick around, then you keep freaking Kyle Larry. He's your franchise. You want him to play another game in Toronto. <laughs> like that would be really cool for his next game in Toronto to be in a Raptors uniform. My prediction is they don't trade Larry. My prediction is they probably trade Norm. And whatever it is, like I said, it, it still feeds into the idea that this team is not going to be like some sort of poverty franchise next year. Yeah, maybe you're trading Norm for some future assets is a bummer, but also it's a good draft. Maybe you get like a desperate Celtics team or something to give up their first rounder and you get your pick, which could be a top 10 pick, and the Celtics pick, which could be a top 20 pick in a really good draft. And then you use that to rebuild your core or you use that to trade for stuff and make a Bradley Beal offer or something like that. There's lots of different ways they can go. They still have the flexibility that they kind of made for themselves by clearing out all the space for Giannis that will never be filled by Giannis, sadly. But there's still lots of options. That's why it's, you know, it's a pretty good place to be, even with how depressing everything is and how bad the last two games have been and how just lost the season feels like it is. They have a lot of different options. It's just none of them are terribly obvious right now and that's why i am not the general manager or the president of basketball operations they will find stuff that's not in front of us and they'll probably figure something out and i feel pretty good about you know the direction of the team with bobby and Masai kind of running the show even if things seem pretty dire right now yeah but you know well said and i think i think the hardest part of this year for me and you know i don't want to speak for all fans but it's just like our buckets are all so full uh, in terms of like stress. And this is like a time when you need patience more than yeah. anything else. Like the real, the real ways back to winning is like developing good habits, you know, Spursian style, like not skipping any steps. Obviously our cupboards a little bit bare and needs to be replenished. But yeah, you know, like you said, Sean, I'm confident that the people running the show can do that. Um, you know, and uh, Grange actually made a point in his, like in, in, you know, a Kyle article from a little while ago. And I think it was a little bit like, hey, I, you know, listen, I want Kyle to get as much money as possible. And I want him to have the best possible end to his career. But I'm also a Raptors fan and mm-hmm. I want to be as good as possible as a Raptor fan. And I do think there's a, a little bit of shrewdness that Masai and Bobby have that isn't fully being acknowledged. And that's like, Kyle's tried to play the market before. And, and I think an important reminder for a lot of people is that these contending teams, they don't actually have the money that the superstars want. They, mm-hmm. They'd like to trade for them. But if it comes to the off season and Kyle's like Miami, uh, you know, Philly, you guys still love me. I'm hoping for 25 a year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it may, I think Miami maybe has money, but like, yeah, it, they have space. Yeah. They have space. So but are they willing to do that? Right. Or, and is, are they like, Oh, well we actually just went through a whole playoffs and we've decided that you're not the final piece. And that amount of money means you're the final piece. And then the other thing I just wanted to jump on Sean, there was, I've been kind of stewing in my head what you were talking about. And I think that's exactly right with, with Norm is that the Raptors are kind of searching for a fourth and final piece in terms of like a big money block. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like maybe Norm could be that piece and we could figure it out in a non-Bainesian way uh, when it comes to center. 
but also maybe not. And I think it could be like money poorly spent potentially. So that's yeah. where I'm at with Norm. I think it's, I think it's tough. Um, shout out to anyone who listens to like, uh, uh, um, Nate Duncan and Daniel LaRue's, uh, dunked on pod. It's all, it's always very thorough, but they have a running joke with, uh, Norm about how he's been the most like overvalued and undervalued contract, like all in the span of one contract mm-hmm. of all time. And it makes sense. Like, you know, this whole time people have been like, well, you overpaid Norm. Oh my God, this guy's amazing. And it's been constant toggling back and forth. So not in quite in the same way with Lowry, but I think Norm is going to hit up the offseason. And, you know, Fred was getting the Brinks truck. A lot of people were getting the Brinks truck midseason. And I think that teams get a lot more cold and calculated once it comes to the offseason. And mm-hmm. I'm, that, that is not a prediction that Norm doesn't deserve and won't get the bag. But I don't know. That's just just throwing that out there. Um, but let's OK. I I. I I introduced this question as like one short paragraph. And then I've like monologued 45 <laughs> times. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's move on to some NBA stuff. Uh, Maddie, good, sir. Please give me your most delicious NBA sting. National, National Basketball, Basketball Association. Meow. Oh, damn, I missed it. Um, <laughs> also, I was waiting for the Adam Silver tugboat. Matt, can you be guessing? This you know? is Adam Silver. Um, that doesn't really mean anything. It's just us kind of making fun of Adam Silver, which is important, I feel like. Um, but, uh, uh, Matt, I'm going to bring you on for the second question, by the way. So, so hey, get, your, hey. get, get your head uh, spinning there. But... Um, <laughs> Alex, let's let's go to you on this uh, this first one. Um, and yeah, I think like um, this is just to take this question whatever way, but I feel like or to take this question whichever way you like. But uh, between COVID, uh, you know, these massive upsets, like I haven't looked uh, too much into the top teams, but it seems to me like even all of the top teams in the standings right now don't have anything near like a historic record or anything like that. It's everyone's getting bumps, bruises, injuries, COVID, um, you know, just like it's, it's tough out there Um, and it's a mess. So I'm wondering who you think Alex uh, is like not a mess. You know, I I said team, it could be a team, but, or or it could be a player or whatever. Yeah. But who's kind of like has their shit together in a weird way. I mean, any injury to KD right now is going to, raise alarms, right? Anything wrong with him. And he's, he's missed time where it wasn't just resting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd still have to say the nets um, because, and I hate admitting it because I was one of those people who was like, this won't work. This is so dumb. They're so dumb. <laughs> one ball, all of it. I have to own it. Like I was very <laughs> like, and I was very like these three psychos can't get along. They think they'll like each other, but they won't. They're, yeah, man. You talk yourself the, into it. It's they're good. the kind of friends that were like, you know, hey, we should get together. And then they get together and they hate each other. And Kyrie's <laughs> talking about the earth's flat. Harden wants to go to the Rippers. KD's just in the corner on Twitter. They're, I, and, yeah. they, and I hate it because you watch them play and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's cool to watch. It's really cool to watch. And 
And Joe Harris feels like he's got the sweetest job in the whole wide world right now. <laughs> Jason Capone over there, yeah. He just gets to be, the, you know that guy who's the archer in the Avengers? I don't even know his name, but he gets to be <laughs> in the Avengers. Just sit yeah. there and throw some arches every now and again. And he never misses because you look, it's like he's <laughs> the only person on the court. It's crazy when he gets the ball, how much room he has on every side. It's like, yeah. It's unbelievable. And then they're so good, it makes you think you're like, yeah, you guys might not need to play defense. This might be like the Warriors were actually a precursor to the the actual game change. We thought the Warriors changed the game. The Nets just made it. You don't have to play defense anymore. And I think the bubble had something to do with that too. It feels like there's like a precipice that everyone just like – as soon as the bubble started, defense was like, guys, you want to not play defense in this, in the, like, the nine regular season games in the bubble? And then everyone, yeah, that's a good idea. And then it just carried forward. Although, you know what? I actually think, I feel like both you guys know a lot more than about baseball than, than I do. But, I, I, you know, this is just a side point to that, Alex. But I feel like basketball may, just may, be merging into like a kind of like a more divorced regular season to the playoffs because I think defense, once you get to be like, okay, same guy every night is when PJ Tucker is like, all right, I'll make him mad by the second quarter and he'll have a horrible game. I don't know why I brought up PJ Tucker. He's probably not the example, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's this attitude when you get to zero in on, on a team's philosophies or ideas where, you know, you really kind of get exploited. Like, I, I don't know when it happened, but it totally seemed like there was some kind of switch where Boston's like, oh, the Raptors gamble too much. We'll kill them every time if they do that. Just and, pump fakes. Just a pump fake on the three-point line. Yeah. Totally showed, like, our reckless closing isn't as effective if you just pump it once. Um. No, yeah, totally. Anyways, I, I don't even know where I was going because I was just I was thinking about like this, like this all offense team. Um, but I think Brooklyn's a good answer. They do seem to have it together, uh, even though there's these like massive wild cards, like like you said. And 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 just to give you some validation too, I was I kept calling um, Brooklyn like this year's Clippers, <laughs> but as soon as they traded for Harden, I've I don't know. I've just been one of those people. I'm like I'm not like Team Harden. But I think the 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 vibes are so far the other way that I'm like, this guy's so good. He's so amazing. He's not he's gonna sleepwalk to being like the a top ten player, kind of. So, you know, give him a good team and you're gonna get some serious results. Uh yeah, I mean we'll we'll see with the playoffs, but um yeah, Sean, who's your like they have it together or they look like they have it together? Yeah, I can't say the Nets because I find the Nets to be more like functionally messy. No team with Kyrie Irving is ever like tidy and has its shit together, but like they figured it out. They know how their space operates. They've got the feng shui figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my team that's got their stuff together the most, what about with the Phoenix Suns? They're kind of like, uh, you know, like a class that maybe is a little bit, uh, a little crazy, a little, uh, you know, you know, they're yelling, they're, they're, they're speaking out, there's talk back. And then they get a new teacher and that teacher is Chris Paul. And he's just not taking your shit. And he's going to teach you how to be good at basketball. And he's going to like tell you to, you know, wear your tie properly. And that's what the sons are doing under Chris Paul. It's beautiful. They've become an adult operation because Chris Paul screamed every, everybody into fear. It's beautiful. He does it with every team he's on. And I love him for it. 
And they're just like a really well put together team. Like Mikel Bridges is like this perfect wing player that like every team in the league would die to have. DeAndre Ayton's taking a bit of a step back, but he's still like a very good starting center. De- he's Devin awesome. Booker, yeah, he's great. Like I'll, a lot I'll of believe, people, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. I believe DeAndre Ayton's going to be like 28 and 14 one day until he retires and has never done it, but I'll still buy into it. Same as I believe Joey Graham's going to figure it out next year, every year. Yeah. Um, it's coming soon. But, Stephen Graham, don't worry. Yeah. So it's all about Stephen Graham. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just have like they have dudes who can defend the best players like Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges. And I haven't even mentioned Devin Booker, who was maybe the ringleader of the problem class and now is just like this straight A student who's just learning from Chris Paul and being badass. And they're even future Raptors backup center Dario Saric has been incredible. Like they've been I was waiting for the Dario. small ball. Yeah, like it's they're awesome. They, I think, are the team most likely of all the teams in the West to beat one of the L.A. teams. I guess the Clippers don't count because they're the opposite of this question. Um, like, I, I think the Suns have a real shot to like maybe make the finals. They're that good. They're that full and balanced and just well put together. They're just a team when you look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, nothing here doesn't make sense. It all works. It all fits together like a nice little puzzle. And it's all because of uh, Mr. Paul up at the front of the class, just like snapping the, the big Paul. long stick on the chalkboard and being like, shut the fuck up and do your work. And they're doing their work. And it's great. Everyone's just like, sir, but your last name's a first name. And he's like, shut up. <laughs> the um, best part about Chris Paul is washroom. <laughs> he's doing this to all these people that tower over him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a 6'8 guy just standing down at this. And he's like, I'll tell you how it is. All right. You're gonna, it's like, this is incredible. Yeah. Uh, all well, I you'll can... go pee when the class is over. It's only 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You can hold it for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I feel like I've said it a million times in the pod, but just if you're a basketball fan, make sure you're appreciating Chris Paul, LeBron, and Kyle Lowry, yep. uh, what they're doing this year. Um, and I hope it's a thing that goes forward where, you know, 35 and 36 year olds are performing at this level, but it seems not like a thing that is very achievable. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely enjoy it. My, my team uh, is actually the Spurs just because mm-hmm. I feel like they have a bunch of players that no one really knows or cares about. Um, and they have some other guys that people, you know, just trashed for the majority of their career and in in like DeRozan and Rudy Gay. Uh, and they're just like, you know, they've, they've, uh, they've let Aldridge go and they're kind of still, it's like they're just competitive and they're just good. And I think... They're in the West, right? So that to me is a perfect example of like, okay, you don't have, you know, two superstars. Okay, you might as well tank because you're in the West. And the Spurs are just like, no, we don't have one superstar and we will be in the playoffs. And, you know, we'll see how the, the season ends. And, you know, maybe they're not, maybe that's too low of a bar. But I guess I'm just impressed by the competitive level um, and the sustained kind of stuff there. But, uh yeah, let's let's move on to uh, this last NBA question. A little bit silly, a little bit subjective. Uh, Matt, please come on in. Um, everyone, everyone's opinions welcome on this one. Uh, I wonder who should go first here. Let's go. Let's go. You, Sean. So, um, yeah, this is just who do you think the fastest player with the ball is? TJ um, Ford. Uh, no, uh. T- it, it is. Sorry, that's our, this is the TJ Ford question. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. 
I mean, Kyrie is near the top, but his like handle is more fast than his feet. If that makes mm. sense. It's kind of like yeah, an illusion yeah. almost. Yeah, um, that's a good point. John Wall used to be the answer before uh, bad things happened to John Wall. Maybe John ja Morant. Oh, like ja is, yeah, John is Morant's uh, a really good one. Is pretty awesome, and he has the handle thing too, like Kyrie. But he also just has like these enormous strides, and yeah, it might be Jaw. I mean, I, I might come back with uh, you put me on the spot with the being first, but uh, I'll say Jaw, and then if you guys have better answers than me, I'll drop in at the end with uh, actually the correct answer. Well, Jaw Jaw beats mine, which was Deer and Fox. Oh, that's um, mine. That's a good one. Although, you know, I think maybe Fox, I don't know if it's just like he lost, like, like since he shaved his head, it doesn't look as fast. <laughs> like, so, but sorry, is that, is that yours? Oh, it's De'Aaron Fox for sure. I mean, Jaw, as soon as you said it, I was like, I know, Jaw yeah. is fast. I think you're also picturing how fast he soars through the air. Like, yeah. did you see last night's with the left hand? Oh, I think that's coming into the like. I'm also fully willing to admit, like a lot of my De'Aaron Fox pick is like, I'll tell you, he's the fastest player in 2K. That's it's not even close. <laughs> he gets the ball, you hey. press right trigger, you're gone. It's nuts. It's true. Um, yeah, De'Aaron Fox. I, I'm trying to think of like you know, there's a lot of like big guys who run with the ball, but they just there's no way like Ben Simmons or like Giannis are like as fast as Fox mm-hmm. or. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because I was trying to go in that direction. Um, Matt, what's up? You got it. You got. So you got somebody for us? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, maybe I'm way off on this, and maybe I'm just thinking of you know the way that he shoots, and he's kind of a hot potato shooter. But is Steph Curry not fast? Steph Curry's very fast. Yeah. Um, I think he's probably slower speed wise than like these guys just because of age at this point. But I mean, also, like, yeah, because I did bring up dribbling as part of it. So, yeah. you know, guys like Kyrie and, and Steph definitely like enhance their speed via dribble. Yeah. Like is Fred kind of uh, Fred Van Vliet? God, it's always so hard to say his name. Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> Is he on on par? You think with uh, uh, Steph Curry as far as speed and like uh, dribbling style? I think so. I mean, like you know, that's how we pulled off the box and one, right? Um, <laughs> with Steph, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Steph's athleticism is like it's more silky. It's, yes, very yeah, silky. Well silky. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, friend of the podcast, uh, Mark Little, uh, would refer to Steph in his prime as Tweety Bird, which I always liked because it was like you can't catch them and they can like still mm. deal you serious blows. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about Tweety Bird's personality. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that matches up, but uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Tweety Bird tweets with the joy of life. Okay, let's uh, let's stop with that analogy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Is uh, I think before we move on, is there anyone I'm trying to like jump in with like, hey guys, you thought it was <laughs> it's this guy, and I don't it's have Javon that. Carter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a rookie like Halliburton. Seems like he's pretty fast, uh, but what about LeBron? Yeah. Like he's thunderous. I feel like every time he dunks, my I chip a thunderous. tooth. At one point, he might have been, which is mm-hmm. in like. In, unfathomable for his size and everything. The sports science on the chase down block on Iguodala in uh, game seven, 
uh, he closed that gap as fast as uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running back at the time. Wow. Like it was, he, he ran like a, he ran the equivalent of a 4.340. That's wide receiver NFL time. Like that's why LeBron is, we'll talk about him later. Oh. <laughs> I, I just want to say, I feel like whoever f- first calculated that stat took a break to yell up from the basement, mom, <laughs> uh, for like a tuna sandwich or something. Uh, and oh, I, I appreciate a, their I hard work. Submission. I have a late submission sure. to this. Uh, he just cooked the Raptors for like 37 points a couple of days ago. Colin Sexton is pretty damn fast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, sex is a pretty good one. Uh, no, sex is a really good one. Mm-hmm. I was going to throw Beal in there, but no. Uh, okay, uh, how about Compazzo on... He's the polar opposite, and it rules. I want all of the players that should be viewed as the best players in the world are should be the slowest players. That's why Jokic is cool as hell. I want slow players. Jokic (laughs) just moves like the Flash in uh, the New Justice League movie. That's all you you think he's moving slow, but it's actually so fast you can't see. (laughs) That's why I love Mark so much. It's like, how are you so good at defense? It's like I talk a lot. Oh, it's like, okay, cool, man. You really figured out the not moving thing. Um, okay. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's finish this baby off with some quickish questions. Maddie, please give me that quickish question sting. Quickish question. Uh, happy to be here. Happy that I, you know, didn't break up and we could finish this pod. <clears throat> um, cheers, StreamYard. Uh, okay, uh, this is quickish questions. Um, I'm I'm gonna stammer, maybe slur a little bit. Uh, I will be totally safe. Uh, <laughs> uh, previously on the podcast, I've said that I may yeah. seizure. I'm not saying that anymore. Yeah. Um. I. Keep you know. Yeah, I just I'm going to try and get through these questions and you have to answer as quickly, quickly as humanly possible. Uh, I can't phone a friend or um, delay. Matt, I'm looking at you. Uh, OK, let's uh, let's let's do this. Are you guys ready? Yeah, never been more ready. Let's go. Uh, OK, let's go. Uh, let's go. Sean, uh, Alex, Matt. So, Sean, is Draymond the best defender ever? No, no. He's very, very good. Is this supposed to be one word answers? I forget the. the yeah, uh, basically, yeah, like <laughs> yeah, one word answer. Basically. Yeah. No, but close. There we Honestly, go. the drag out no is kind of perfect because, yeah. um, uh, Alex, you stressed? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens from here on out. It's bad for the rest of this season. Yeah. I'm stressed. Yeah. Uh, Matt. Yeah. 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 If LeBron's career ended today, Oof. where does he rank all time? Oh, my God. If it ends right now. Um, God, I think. Oh, God. Okay. Quick, quickish, quickish. I'm being quickish here. I'm not stalling. I'll put him uh, two. I'll put him two. Yeah, there it is. That's right. Okay. Sean, um, uh, after, you know, the, whatever this altercation was with Nurse, um, uh, th- this writer is not a Pascal fan uh, and, and asks if uh, he finally gets traded and should have been traded a long time ago. So what's your response to that? Who's the writer? 
Uh, Dexter. Dexter. So wait, I'm, I'm confused as to am I supposed to say who the right the, what I would say to the no, writer? No, sir. No, sir I, I messed this question up because <laughs> because the person who wrote the question said that Pascal's trash, and I'm like, he's not trash, so I can't even say it. So I, I messed it all up. But okay. what I'm trying to what they're saying is, um, do you like you know are we uh, should Pascal be traded? Or, are we done no. with him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the proper answer, but I always tell people if you if you write the question, I'll read it. Sorry, uh, my bad, Sean. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, Alex. Uh, if they added scenes in the new Justice League, oh wait, no, sorry, that that one's for Matt because I got to ask you your own question, uh, Alex from Alex. Are you at all beginning to regret investing most of your emotional stability in a basketball team? Uh, yeah, I wrote that earlier and had my feelings to myself, and I thought yes. And but now I think no. Now I think this is great because I'm actually like thriving at this moment, and I think there's might be like some like cosmic thing going on where like my life improves as the Raptors like is like I was at such a rock bottom when they won the title. And it's like, since then, it's kind of steadily gone up and they've mm. gone in the wrong direction. So I'm trying to think of it as like, it's a trade-off, you know? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm appreciating your cosmic links. Um, Matt. Yeah. They added scenes in the new Justice League yep. uh, movie where Aquaman was played by Steven Adams. Would you have noticed? <gasps> wow. You know? <laughs> That's fun stuff. You know, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have noticed. But I would have enjoyed it a little bit more. Cheers. Uh, you love those movie facts. <laughs> uh, Sean, Cade Cunningham, question mark? Evan Mobley, exclamation point. Ooh. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love me a center uh, who can pass and block shots, man. I'm a sucker. I'm a real, real sucker. That's a pretty <laughs> cool set of skills. Um, Alex, you're all playing ball together. And are down uh, down two with seconds left. Who gets the last shot? I'm, I guess that's this group of people. Oh, all of us. Who gets the last shot? It's yeah. got to be Maddie D. Oh, <laughs> cheers, Maddie D. Pressure's on. Um, we'll lose it on you if you miss. <laughs> I'm gonna do like um, three Pascal spins before I shoot with my eyes closed. You know, it's so funny. I took the oh, I, I, like there's three guys with glasses. And I still was like, sorry, Freddie. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the lens crashers boys here. Hey, hey, fair enough. One of the lens crashers boys. <laughs> hey, boys. Uh, okay. Speaking of um, the boys, uh, Maddie. Yeah. Uh, also, also coming in from Dexter. Um, yeah. Sean or Alex, there can only be one nicknamed Woody. I assume that neither of them, them are nicknamed Woody, but you have to, to choose one of them. I have to choose who gets nicknamed Woody. Yeah. Oh my God. These questions, so much pressure. Um, well, uh, I'm going to go with Alex because he did have the guts to uh, put it on his stream yard name as Woody. So obviously he likes it. He's probably a Woody Harrelson fan. 
and uh, we have to respect that. Wow. Both of you probably are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Easy on who, who isn't who isn't a Woody Harrelson? <laughs> Woodley Harrelson. <laughs> Woodley Harrelson. Excuse me, did you just assume my Woody Harrelson fandom? <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt, you've really, like, ooh, barking up the wrong Woody Harrelson tree. Um, okay, uh, last three questions. Uh, Sean, uh, Rashawn Holmes, question mark? Mm, not for me, I think. If they were better right now, then I'd be like, yeah, go nuts, but I don't know. Maybe try to sign them in the offseason. I know this isn't one word, but no, eh, no, not, not for me right now. It's a soft <laughs> segment, you know? Yeah, it's kind of I never stayed a one stupid. word, ever. I never yeah. understand what the Kings want or how they value their people. That You could tell me they would trade Rashawn Holmes for like a second, or they would want Malachi Flynn in two firsts, and I, I'd be like, sure, that that's how they value that guy. I, I have no idea. The Kings are dumb. Making I, trades with dumb teams is hard. I think I think uh, you know Vivek uh, Grenadivier is the best GM in sports. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, I definitely was probably very bad at his last name. But uh, Alex, um, finals prediction? Question mark. Oh, that's such a... I mean, it feels hard to answer until we know what happens with the trade deadline. Uh, no. I'll say Lakers-Nets. It would make sense. It's, uh, frankly, if the Raptors don't make the playoffs, I, that's what I want to see. Cool. Um, okay, last question. Uh, Matty D. Okay. Um, where is Masai? Should he say something? Where is Masai right now? Is he is he MIA? Is he not at Tampa? Is he at Bush Gardens? You tell me. I think he he's at be, Bush he Gar- be at Gardens. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first part of the question, he's at Bush Gardens and the, what was the second of the question yet? <gasps> um, should he say something? <laughs> should he say something? Yeah. Uh yes. Yes, he should. I think he should and I think he's going to in the next couple of days. So don't worry, guys. He can't ride that coaster forever. He has to get off and do his job. Fair enough. You, you know, like a metaphor. I don't know. A little bit of a metaphor there, maybe. Hey, I'm just saying he might be at Bush Gardens and he might be saying <laughs> the words "wee." So, <laughs> so no, just know that. Um, <sighs> guys, we made it to the end of the pod. Uh, this is so fun. Uh, thank you both for joining. Uh, yeah, this is a good time. Um, Alex, let's, so let's go to you first. Uh, obviously, uh, I know there are some shows uh, happening, but uh, a lot of performers still not performing live. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Yuck Yucks or whatever, but um, yeah, man. Um, wh- what are you up to? What do you want people to check out? Friday, this Friday, I'm doing two shows. Uh, this Friday, March. Yeah, I should have figured 26? it out. 26th? There you go. Uh, I'm doing two shows at the Crazy Canuck in Kitchener. They're my first two shows. In four months, I'm really excited. And then my book comes out uh, April 1st on Arsenal Pulp is the publisher. It's available on their website or Chapters website or any bookstore in Canada that is selling them. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's called uh, Float Like a Butterfly, Drink Mint Tea. And there's a dedication at the end to the Raptors. Oh, And and I mentioned them in the book, too, and Kyle Lowry by name, so – Cool. Uh, yeah, it gets sweet. That's, That's great, awesome, man. dude. Congratulations. Um, Thanks. Yeah, d- definitely check out Alex's book. Uh, buy it. Um, Sean, you also have a book still that oh, yeah. people should, should buy. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, but but please plug whatever you like. 
Yeah, if you want to relive the glory days, I suppose you could buy We the Champs. Uh, it's still available in bookstores, I'm pretty sure. Myself and Alex Wong. Uh, Locked on Raptors. We're covering this hell season every single day, Monday to Friday. So tune in to just uh, sort of get a vision of a man falling further, further into a pit of despair over the course of the season. It's probably it's a, a pretty good a, character study. It's a friendly uh, pit of despair. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always it's always good fun. Um, and actually, on Wednesday's episode, I have Amy Audibert on, and Amy is going to be one of the five women taking part in the all women broadcast that TSN's doing tomorrow night. She's doing studio awesome. analysis, so I got Amy on. We're going to tee that up. It should be great. Hopefully, cool. they get to call a Kyle Lowry game. I hope he's not traded by then. That would be a bummer. Yes, yeah. Uh, me and Matt are going to do our intro after this, and I'm hoping it's not my last Kyle Lowry. Oh, yeah. Well, we shall mm-hmm. see. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we've made it to the end of the pod. Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!